welcome to Sports Business Update. Each week, we take you behind the curtain where sports and business intersect. Now, from our International Broadcast Center, here's your host, George McNeely. Our guest this week is Sarah Leo, someone I know quite well, in fact, as a instructor at Full Sail University teaching sports business models. She was a student in my class, an impeccable student, and then went on to get a master's degree in public relations from Full Sail University and moved into professional baseball. She's currently serving as the director of partnership activation for the Macon Bacons. She's crossed the Macon County line and she's working in pro baseball. It's pretty cool. Sarah, tell us about the Coastal Plain League, and then we'll get into the Macon Bacons. Well, the Coastal Plain League is made up of 15 teams from Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia. And we bring in students from all over the United States. They have to be on a college roster in order to play in our league. And it just gives them the opportunity to home in on their skills and use a wood bat and get ready to hopefully be drafted by a major league team. So the locals show up for making Bacon's games, and what's the capacity for your stadium? On a normal basis, we have about 3,300 seats in the ballpark. But this year, due to COVID-19 and social distancing, we're only taking in about 1,300 per game. Well, I guess the, the upside of the coronavirus is it takes the pressure off your ticket sales. The downside is we lose a lot of money, and I get that. A little bit, yeah. In light of it. Are you are you filling your designated seats pretty well? Are you pretty? Uh... Yeah, on the weekends we're definitely selling out all of our games. During the week, it's a little bit different, but that happens no matter if it's a normal season or a season like this year in 2020. So since you began talking about the anomaly, because it's on top of everyone's mind, how has this coronavirus impacted? partnership development, sales, and, and more importantly, the fan experience? It's definitely changed things quite a bit. From the fan experience side, they're sitting in small groups of three or four, maybe even two, with four empty seats next to them, an empty row behind them. We're wearing face masks and, you know, just hand sanitizer everywhere in the ballpark and, you know, you name it, anything that the CDC just suggests, we've got it in the ballpark to try to make it as safe as possible so that everyone can actually enjoy a game. For the players and for us, you know, it's a little bit different as far as sales and just going to and from games and things. Um, from the office side, you know, we're not working with as many groups and things as we normally would. It's a little bit more of a single game ticket type of sale rather than large groups like we would normally have and for the players it's you know wearing a face mask on the bus and keeping social distance on the bus and in in the dugout and you know just kind of doing whatever they can to keep themselves safe you know as a student of mine at full sail university i thought you always were on top of your game and well spoken and i i really am enjoying this opportunity to speak to a professional in our business I see the making bacons and the coastal plain league as sort of a uh, snapshot of what sports business is right now. It's very difficult for me to hear certain major leagues cry poverty during the coronavirus pandemic when I 
hear your story in Macon, Georgia. What are your thoughts about the the slow recovery? We, we know there'll be one at some point, but uh, is the team just hanging on? There's no shame in saying we're struggling right now. I mean, we're thankfully doing pretty well compared to, you know, I guess major league teams at this point because they can't, they haven't even brought in fans into their stands or anything like that. And, you know, we're just temperature checking our guys every day, doing everything we can to keep them safe. And then the same for us as well in the front office. And we keep an eye on the fans as well to like make sure they're good. If, you know, they come in and they look sick or anything like that, then we have EMS right there to check them out. And if they have the temperature or something, we send them home automatically and, you know, we'll reimburse their ticket for a later time if need be. And it's taken a lot of work to make this happen, you know, figuring out seating arrangements and how to keep everyone safe as good as possible. And then just making sure that we like reinforce that with our staff and our fans as well. It's, you know, it's a task to get 1300 people to put on a face mask, but you know, we've got them to do it and they're here watching baseball and that's really all that matters. Hmm. How, how long has the making bacons been in existence? We have been part of the postal plan league for three years now. This is our third season. I lived in Montgomery, Alabama, and I always thought it was so clever to call the minor league team there, the Montgomery Biscuits, because of the Southern cooking. So when I saw that you were working for the Macon Bacons in partnership activation, I had to talk to you. Tell me about what partnership activation looks like in minor league baseball compared to what you learned in college. I mean, we hopefully prepared you to work for your beloved Boston Red Sox, even though I'm a Yankees fan. <laughs> partnership activation is a lot different in minor league ball. Tell yes. me tell me about a typical partner in a typical season when you do have a full 3,300-seat stadium. So a typical partner, I'm going to use our hospital partner, um, Navicent House, as an example. Um, for them, we work with the Children's Hospital, and they're one of our biggest sponsors. They have one of our outfield wall signs, which are – we only have four on outfield while they're massive. Um, but for them, I take care of, you know, making sure they're using their daily tickets, booking any groups that they may have, um, and like Cabana Sweet Nights and things like that. If they email me and say, hey, I have a special guest coming to the ballpark tonight. Can you go say hi and stuff? I'll go over, say hi, take them some hats and things, you know, a little trinkets from the team store and whatnot just to make sure that them and their guests are having a great time maybe take them down on the field to take a picture and get some autographs um the main thing we do with navicent is what we call home run for life um where they'll pick some kids from the children's hospital who have been you know experiencing cancer or some form of you know life changing thing and we bring them to the ballpark along with their families and any of the doctors and nurses and things that take care of them. And they go in a suite for the night. And then in the middle of the game, we completely stop the game. Both teams will line up on the foul lines and we bring them out to home plate with their family. And we tell the crowd their story about, you know, what they've gone through and overcome and all that. And then we 
our PA announcer will make a call as if they hit a home run and then they get to run the bases. And when they cross home play, both teams usually, you know, crowd up on them and high fives and hugs and whatever and take a picture and then they get a team sign back and some other things, you know. It's just a really good feel good moment, but it also gives back to the community in some way, which is something we stand very strongly with, you know, around here, we make sure that whatever we do, it's, you know, we're involved in the community with everything, whether it's a partner or not. Um, so that's like a prime example of something that we do with one of our main partners. I know that teams and leagues hold themselves to high standards and I'm not really specifically speaking about this role, but in other roles that you've had or any roles that you've had, have you met with people whose businesses wanted to partner with teams you worked for where you just didn't feel it was a right fit? Oh, for sure. We had um, a partner the first year. It was like one of those escape room type of things. Mm -hmm. We thought, you know, oh, it'd be a good fit at first, you know, but then we kind of as we went through the season and, you know, tried to do a promotion and stuff with them, trying to get people to go to their business, we realized maybe it was just in a higher price range than what some of our fans were looking for. And it just didn't quite go very well. So we kind of mutually agreed that, you know, maybe that partnership just wasn't the best fit. And we just kind of part ways, not on bad terms, but, you know, sometimes things just don't work out the way you want them to. And, if it doesn't, then we, you know, reevaluate, see if there's something we can do to change that. And if not, we'll just, you know, part ways and move along. Sarah Leo is the director of partnership activation for the Macon Bacons and our guest here on Sports Business Update. I've always been fascinated and I've always been pleased to work on partnerships, whether it's been in professional golf or college football or the NFL. And you're talking about really, really big dollars. A lot of thought hopefully goes into it. A lot of long-term vision goes into it. And the objective is to maximize a partnership. Well, when we're talking to sports fans, they say, what the hell does that mean? My response about maximizing a partnership is a win-win situation that drives business to that partner. So it's partially PR and marketing, which would be brand awareness. It's partially referrals, bring your ticket stub or your e-ticket on your smartphone for a Chick-fil-A at our participating Chick-fil-A dealers in the area. Um, come take a test drive at a car dealership and wear your making bacon's hat and receive a special incentive, whatever the case may be. It's about driving business. Do you have partners sometimes that are maybe, I don't want to say starstruck with minor league baseball, but they're so excited with the baseball aspect of it, they kind of forget why they're there in the first place? Yeah, I, we did run into that with one particular partner. They kind of almost basically signed on just so they could have their name above a particular player on our wall of fame. We have like a wall of fame in the ballpark with, um, players who either played here in Macon for one of the previous minor league teams or just grew up here in Macon and then went off to have a good career. So Blue Moon Odom was 
one of those players and he played in um, Oakland and this company has a, a plant here and a plant in Oakland. So they basically just did it so they could have their name above Blue Note. Yeah, it's good to have a strategy if you're going to get into a partnership beyond signage. There's no question about that. Speaking of Oakland, I'm going to name drop. You may not know him or know of him, but he's a good friend of mine. We went to college together. His name is Vince Catronio, and he's a play-by-play announcer for the Oakland A's. And I remember when we went our separate ways, I went to work in local radio and freelance for network radio and eventually got to network radio in D.C., and he was riding school buses with minor league baseball teams being the PA and radio announcer. When I think of the 70 games that are components of a single A baseball season, that's just, that's a lot of wear and tear on players, a lot of wear and tear on staff. Yours is unique. You guys don't have a 70 game season. It's actually a more user-friendly environment for a player. Tell me about that. We play about 52 games a year, like 25 home games, and well, technically it's 26, but we usually schedule one as a doubleheader, and then the same on the road, and we don't necessarily play every day. The guys get a little bit of off days here and there, but it's less wear and tear. We don't spend the night when we are an away team. We just ride the bus there and ride the bus back. Thankfully, those of us in the office don't travel with the team, but We'll send, you know, our radio broadcaster and maybe some video guys or photographer or something just to have, you know, pictures and video from that game in case anything fun and interesting happens. But it's it's a lot easier when you're only playing like 50-some games versus that 70-plus games. You can, you know, have more fun with what you're doing. You can create different and better use ticket packages for fans. And it just makes it, you know, easier to market. I know you well enough that you're a huge baseball fan. Do you ever just get in the car and go do a road game? Uh, or, or? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and do you do that not only because you're a fan, but you want to see what the competition's doing? Oh, for sure. Every time I go to an away game, whether it's in our league or if I just go to, I don't know, Braves game, you know, when we're able to, I, I sit there and not only watch the game, but I look at everything around me. I see what they're doing for their partnerships, how they're, you know, putting up signage, what they're doing in between innings and things like that, and just kind of compare it to what we do and also maybe take ideas from it if it's something that we're not doing that I find that's really cool and could possibly work here in Macon. Sarah Leo is the director of Partnership Activation for the Macon Bacons. I've got to ask a question and I've been wanting to ask about now that you've earned a degree in sports marketing and media and a master's degree in public relations and you're practically teaching a master's class in minor league baseball, has it taken any of the fun out of being a sports fan when you go to that game and you're looking at it through the eyes of a business person as opposed to someone who might just rather have a pencil and a scorecard? I don't really find for myself that it's taken the fun out of the game just because I love baseball so much. But for other people, I could see how it might kind of, you know, take the fun out of it if they're analyzing everything around them like I do because it might, you know, distract you from what's going on on the field and the game itself. But I kind of am able to pay attention to all of it, you know, having 
a, a restaurant background has kind of helped me in a way to like be able to look at different things at all at the same time and like focus on more than one thing without necessarily losing my concentration. But I find that it hasn't taken away the fun out of it for me at least. Yeah, I remember you worked in food and beverage prior to college and, and, and during college. Uh, customer service is, is no stranger to, to Sarah Leo. When you take what you learned in those businesses, do you think that your style of servant leadership serves you well in, in your business now? Definitely. I'm just, you know, from being kind of a shift leader when I was a server and a front of the house, you know, hourly manager, I think that's definitely helped me, you know, with going on meetings and just talking to like my partners and things like that, you know, just, having more of a confidence in myself to be able to do that type of thing. I think your genuine approach to business uh, serves you really well. I, I know a lot of people, they move up the ranks and they want to forget about their early jobs and they wouldn't just bring up, Hey, I used to be a server in college. Uh, like, like it's something they'd be ashamed of. And I'm thinking to myself, Hey, when I delivered newspapers, you know, those paper things that people used to read, it taught me everything I did from editing audio tape to working in a department store as a teenager absolutely groomed me for what it is I'm doing today. I really feel that way. I think you get a lot of empathy and you become a better leader for your business as a result, don't you? I totally agree with that. You know, regardless if it was delivering newspapers or working in JCPenney's or serving at any of the various restaurants that I served in for however long while I was going to school and stuff. I think that all factors into what I'm doing now and it's helped build my persona to do all of that. So I've got some family in Georgia, uh, north of Macon, kind of halfway between Macon and Atlanta. Let's say you guys or your ticket sales department cold called them to encourage them to come to a game. What's the pitch? Throw me a pitch on why I should go see minor league baseball at its best. I mean, I know these guys are hungry and they want to progress. So they're going to be playing their best possible ball. I think the way that most of our salespeople pitch it to people who are coming from an out of town area is, the fact that you know this is a more family-friendly environment than what you may get at a major league baseball park. We like to have fun. We kind of our motto here is that it, we're an entertainment company, and there just so happens to be a baseball game happening while we're here. We have a lot of in-between inning antics with our mascot and what we call our sizzle squad, which is like a group of young kids who you know help with the entertainment and stuff. It's definitely more family-friendly, affordable, because our tickets are only about $13 a piece or so, you know, compared to what you're going to pay at the Braves, which is probably about 60 or 70 for some nosebleed seats. Mm -hmm. It's just more about the, the family-friendly environment and, you know, the type of entertainment and whatnot that we offer rather versus a major league team. All right, Unique Foods. What's, what's a unique food item that you must try when you go to your stadium? The Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. It is <laughs> a burger or a chicken sandwich that is topped with mac and cheese, 
full court, bacon bits, and served with French fries on the side. You better get a cardiologist as your <laughs> corporate activation partner after I have yeah. it. It helps to have opposite health around. <laughs> What's the name of the stadium? I didn't ask that. The name of our stadium is Luther Williams Field. It's actually the second oldest ballpark in minor league baseball. It's been around since 1929. Um, we've had a lot of greats come through here, but my favorite is that Jackie Robinson played here and broke the color barrier in Georgia by playing an exhibition game here. Um, so there's a ton of history. Pete Rose played here, the Braves in the early 90s, so Chipper and all those guys. I mean, this ballpark is just incredible. I also read that before he played for the Seattle Seahawks and won a Super Bowl with him and appeared in two, that quarterback Russell Wilson played in that league. Did you know that? Yeah, he, he played in our league. Justin Verlander also played in our league. We've had some... Um, Pretty good MLB alumni come out of our league. It's it's pretty impressive, and we've had about five or six guys from the making they can get drafted, and we'll see how far they make it. Hopefully, they get on a big league roster one day. As people often think of minor league ball as home with a couple of dollar hamburger, couple of dollar draft beer, way to kill an evening, but it's really terrific to see that you and your leadership are being sophisticated with your marketing vision and really committed to putting on a family event each and every game. I think that's great. Yeah, we take a lot of pride in that. Steve Filet and Brandon Raphael, our owners, and my, our team president, you know, they take a lot of pride in what we do. And we do things differently than most minor league teams as far as how we sell tickets and sponsorships and stuff. But for us, it works, and we're very proud of the results that we get. Yeah, I was thinking about when you had said earlier in the interview that you brought a hat or two to a VIP guest, and I'm thinking, geez, when we're charging $13 a ticket, how many hats can you really give away? So clearly you folks are, um, are putting the fans first, and that's what's going to keep your business successful. And it is indeed a, a business even though the fans never think of it as such, but they are exchanging cash for payment. There's no doubt about that. Sarah Leo, it's been really great to talk to you. What's the website to learn more about the Making Bacons? It's makingbaconbaseball.com. All right. Well, Sarah Leo, thanks again for the time. You're welcome. You have been listening to Sports Business Update a production of Broadcast Services International and McNeely Communications. To see more of our multimedia content, go to sportsbusinessupdate.com.